cliffcentral.com. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Hello, everybody. My name is Lubimboya Arnold, and have and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Welcome to Future CEOs. Excuse me for my rush. It's been a hectic week. It is the third month of 2017, and I'm sure for all the entrepreneurs listening out there, it's either you're on a great, great trajectory, or you're in a motion of growth, um, advocacy of where you want to be in your business, how to start your business, or wait, or do you want to basically uh, fast track your business? This this is what the show is all about, Gareth Armstrong. Welcome. You, you did that really, really well. Sure, it's been a hectic <laughs> month. But um, it, you know what I enjoy about well, your introduction today yeah. is that it represents what it's feeling like the last little while, and and we mustn't hide from it. I think too many of us we we try and um, be too poised. There's, yes, uh, and and things are rushed. Things are things are stressful. They can, and anyway, it's, it's good been to crazy, see. but it's been good, and hopefully we learn a lot from our guest today because I. I think he's had quite a bit of an entrepreneurial journey himself, but enough about us. Let's talk about him. I think we should get him to introduce himself, as is the custom here on Future CEOs. Donald, welcome to the studio. It's good to have you here. Who are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, as you said, my name's Donald. I'm the CEO of a company called Peppercom. Um, we've been in business for the last seven years, roughly. Yes. Um, we pretty much launched our Peppercom uh, product properly this year. Um, so driving our marketing efforts and everything from the beginning of this year. Uh, we've got some, some big clients on board in the last couple of months, so things are looking uh, good at the moment. Yeah, we, we heard we about that. that. Congrats. We love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been in the, the app game for the last seven years, like I said, and about three, four years ago we decided that your bespoke custom stuff was very expensive, firstly, mm-hmm. and your time to market was really, really slow. So we started thinking of ideas, you know, how can we make this business more sustainable? And we thought a lot of our clients were asking very, for very similar features, and a lot of them surrounded communication. Um, and the second thing is how could we reduce that time to market? And that's really where we came up with the, the Peppercom concept, which is essentially a communication management um, solution that delivers mobile apps, web, and email simultaneously to our users. Sure. Okay, let's uh, take it back. Yeah, we, and we must take it back. So that's where you're sitting now. Mm. Let's go back into your journey. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, who you are, where you come from. How did you get to this point where you suddenly you realize you're an entrepreneur? Because uh, I think too many people like they think it's sexy. But it isn't always sexy. You've got some nice stories that I'm sure that you can tell um, from your journey. Let's go back. Who, who are you? Where are you from? Yeah, so I don't know how far back you want me to go, but um, <laughs> I went, went to school at uh, Kez. And probably like a lot of students these days, had no idea what I really wanted to do with my life. So when it got to deciding what I'm going to do after matric, I looked at who's got the most money. My uncle had a, a massive house in Morningside, <laughs> okay. and he happened to be an accountant. So I thought, you know, that looks like something lucrative. Yeah. So I went to Stellenbosch and did beer rec. So firstly, it was in Afrikaans. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> although, dude. Although my mother is a half Afrikaans, you can hear I'm a bit of a soti. <laughs> so it wasn't the easiest task. And yeah. needless to say, my first year didn't go down all that well. Mm. And I discovered too late that really accounts wasn't for me. Mm. Um, so my old man was on the stock exchange, and he'd been there for 30 years, I thought, well, let's give that a bash because the folks weren't funding my um, finances anymore. Yeah. So I came back to Joburg, uh, moved into a stockbroking company in the client services division, then moved to web development, you know, uh, looking at their website and um, later became a trader. 
Um, sure. And at the age of 21, I was one of the youngest traders there. But then some clowns decided to fly a couple of jets into the Twin Towers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the world economy crashed. Mm. And basically, it was last in, first out. So I was a bit young. Mm. And no one was really hiring in that industry. So I was kind of forced into the IT bubble. Um, didn't really know where to go. Couldn't get a job in stockbroking any longer. And that's where my whole IT journey started. Um, worked for companies like National Mobile, then became National Broadband. Moved on to Vox Telecom in the, the VoIP space and then latest um, into Orion Telecom as well. So I had a full ISP back, backing and in a corporate environment. But I realized that about at the age of 30, 31, which is quite late, you know, the corporate world really wasn't for me. And how could I, how could I actually look at getting out? And, okay, I'm, yeah. I want to interrupt you quickly because no you say it's quite late. Is it really quite late or is it the right time? Cause, I don't, cause know. don't you, you get perspective and perspective is so important. Experience is so important when you're making decisions. And so I, I do question people that say, I'm an entrepreneur, but they haven't really displayed any kind of entrepreneurial characteristics from young. But they're 20, 20 years old and they're saying, I'm not going into corporate, I'm an entrepreneur. Well, you actually don't know what you're talking about because you've never been in a corporate environment. Yeah, I think you might be right there. I think it gave me a lot of um, experience into that environment and understanding of the market, what people were looking for. So I think from that aspect, you know, maybe it isn't too late. Mm. I would have liked to know what I wanted to do a little bit earlier. Sure. Correct. Um, sure. And if I could pass any advice on that side of things, I would say, you know, rather look at, you know, what you're passionate about and not the cash. Because that was my big downfall. Yeah. Okay. And which is probably the downfall of so many, isn't yeah. it? Most definitely. Um, yeah. So at the age of about 30, 31, um, one of my good friends then was, he's a big Apple fundy and he's actually our head developer at the moment. He was looking at the burst of the app bubble in the States and we thought, why don't we start an, a bespoke app development company here? And that's really where the whole concept was born. We managed to get a couple of big clients on board, likes of MTN, KFC. Um, but that was it. It was limited to big clients who constantly had to go and source new business. There was no annuity revenue. And we thought, you know, this to me wasn't a very sustainable business. It wasn't something that I could build up and leave to my children one day. Um, and that's where the idea of a product actually came about. So let me quickly just interrupt. So anyone that doesn't understand annuity business, just explain that concept very quickly to everyone, please. Okay, perfectly. So the the bespoke business, we were looking at once-off service-based stuff. Yeah, so single transactions with clients. Exactly. Right? So yes, it was large amounts, but they were few and far between, and you couldn't take on a massive amount of projects just because of limited time and resource. So you're always chasing new business. There's nothing coming in every month. Whereas annuity is like Vodacom and, you know, the, the networks you are making hundreds of billions is because every month they're getting something from you. Although it might be a lot smaller than the bespoke stuff that we were getting, it was building. So the more clients you got on board, the bigger that monthly annuity revenue grew. Mm. So in the long term, it's a much more sustainable model. That was a very um, nicely answered question. You've had a lot of setbacks. You've had a lot of time to recreate yourself, reinvent yourself, find a different direction. What characteristics have given you that oomph just to keep on going and to find the new business or to create the new lifestyle that you wanted? Look, I think for me it was, you know, I decided to myself that I didn't want to go back to corporate. Um, luckily for me, I've got a very supporting wife who does very well and um, was also recently moved on her own. But she was always, you know, behind me. She always had my back and she believed in me and I was following my passion. So, you know, I think it's the never give up 
never say die attitude. There have been many, many months where we didn't know how we're going to pay salaries, you know, pay your bond, all that kind of jazz. And sure. I, I am a Christian, so I've done a lot of praying. Yeah, man. And, Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, and, yeah, I know. I, and literally yeah. every time a plan was made. So I think it's absolute belief in yourself, in what you're doing that will get you through and Staying positive, you know. If I if I didn't stay positive and I always said no, this is not going to work, I would have shut the doors five years ago. Um, and they always say it takes about six, seven years to actually start building a proper business. Yeah. Now, I thought we'd shortcut it in two years, we'd be rocking and rolling. That's not true. It really takes a lot of hard work, grit, perseverance, and all the bad things mm-hmm. and all the times that were so tough actually built my character and you know took us to the place where we are at the moment. Yeah, I get frustrated by the perception out there that you can start a business and in two years you're going to be making millions. And I think it's fed largely and – I have absolute respect and love for them, but our friends over in Silicon Valley, really, because because where do we get our information from? It's in uh, IT sources, web platforms, social media, and those are fed from this place out there. Uh, and the messages that are coming across is that you well, you can build a business and you're going to get rich quick, or you can build a business, get this massive amount of funding, and then you're okay, and then. I mean, half those businesses don't survive. So we're in a bit of a different kind of environment here. I like the fact that you leaned on someone for support. I think too many people go in it alone um, or don't have that support. Uh, some, anything else? What else has brought you here today? How did you survive? So I think uh, for an entrepreneur, I think self-betterment is always a goal you should be trying to achieve. Okay. So I've been through programs like uh, the Branson Center for Entrepreneurship. Yes. Our uh, friends of ours. Yeah. Friends of ours. You know, that, that was great for sort of your, your early starting business, teaching you the fundamentals because as an entrepreneur, you don't have bucks to hire a finance person, an admin person, HR. So you are the jack of all trades. So you really got to know a little bit about everything. And it was a great springboard to give you that basic knowledge. Um, I also was part of the BizPark thing, um, mm. program through Microsoft, and there, there was What's great. That? So basically a, a technology program. It's, I don't think it's running in South Africa anymore, but it gives you access to their cloud infrastructure technology that they offer. Um, there were a lot of workshops, um, from guys overseas, particularly in our industry, which is called SaaS Software as a Service. They actually had guys come out from the States and give us a whole rundown of how that works and who the biggest market is in the world and actually happen to be the Americans. And if you were to succeed in that market, how you should target, who you should target, all those sort of things. So I think self-betterment is the and key. And self-education, you exactly. know what I mean? As exactly. we say on uh, Future CEOs, school is never out for the professional. Yep. You know, Continue, continue, we're riveted. Exactly. Continue with your story, yeah. So I think, you know, with without those lessons, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, also... Or not taking on everything yourself. So when you get to a stage where you do have maybe a little bit of extra finances, get the people specific to that job because I'm really rubbish at accounts. So mm. now I have a lady who's diligent, who, you know, is good at the administration side and can handle that. Um, you know, looking for people who can help grow your business. So we were lucky enough, uh, about six, seven months ago to get an angel investor on board. He's now my business partner, Dylan Fahava. Um, great guy and we didn't just you know find each other because of the monetary aspect it was you know he had a network he mm. was already in some of the industries we were targeting so if i had to say some advice in terms of who you partner with 
don't just go after the bucks because there's a lot of venture capitalists out there who just want to take your business. You might have a great idea. They'll take, you know, three quarters of the thing and do what they want. Rather look for someone who can help your business grow in terms of their network. Um, what mentorship, mentorship, advice, all those sort of things. They're so important. You know, money should be your last actual port of call. Mm. You know what? I'm sorry just to be such a wet blanket, but at 39 years old, you know, we still do question, you know, we want that big house. We want those big dreams. We want that international holiday. And as an entrepreneur, I think we go through so, so many stages and so many of our business fails and you go to the next business. But as you say, it is a journey of growth. But are you making the money that you want to make? Is your business successful at this point in time? What do you classify as success? What is success to you? For me, success is when I go into a meeting and I step out and the people say to me, that's great. Your product is awesome. Mm. We definitely see a need for it. Um, you know, so when you, I was, you like the high, huh? Exactly. Like I, I'm a salesperson. So I come from that environment. I love dealing with people. And you, when, when you go, sometimes people don't really want to see you and you have this sort of attitude where they're not interested. And when you leave at the end of the day and they're asking questions mm. and they're really engaged with what you're offering, for me, that is success. You know, obviously we all want to make some bucks. Mm. So profit, profit, profit. Profit, profit. You know, getting that uh, signature on the dotted line is always <laughs> amazing, which is starting to happen now, which is fantastic. You know, we've got mm. some big clients on board recently, the likes of Growth Point, Melrose Arch. Uh, we signed up Spa today, so congrats, yeah, congrats. Yeah, congrats. So definitely, definitely looking up, and you know we're noticing that there's a definite need for what we're offering out there, and I think that to me is you know a pat on the back for seven years of hard work, meaning that it wasn't a waste, mm. you know that you didn't. Now you're going to start again and go look for a job in corporate. That's the last thing on this earth I wanted to do. I, I like the fact that you've brought in seven years. So earlier you were speaking about one or two years because that's really the pepper com side of everything. Exactly. But this this is a rebranded, rejigged uh, iteration of what you actually originally were. Let's let's go back into there a little bit and I'll ask the question this way. What's the biggest mistake that you've made along this journey? And tell us the story. A lot of people say, oh, the mistake was this, <laughs> but we actually want the story. Put us in the situation and tell us how that felt. Yeah, I think the the biggest pitfall for most entrepreneurs and definitely for myself was, you know, the business is going to come. So because you're a jack of all trades and you need to do everything from your HR to your sales and operations, you tend to forget about sales. Okay. So although I come from a sales background and that's where I really excel, I kind of put that as – in a compartmentalized that and said, you know, that's one of the 10 things I have to do today. Mm. And I'd say sales will probably be 80% of what you have to do. If you're not selling, people aren't buying, and you don't have a business. So, so take us into a story. So you, you realized this, the penny dropped there, the 80% penny dropped when? I think when we, we kind of ran out of cash. So you get these big deals on board. They're quite nice lump sums. And you, you rest on your laurels. You think, okay, this is going to last forever. And you, you don't plan. So I think that would be another bit of advice is planning because it's always going to run out. And unless you have that pipeline so full that mm-hmm. you know you're going to make sales this month, at least two or three per month kind of thing, depending on what your product is, mm-hmm. you, you have to have that. And I think that was, you know, like I said, about, about three, three, four years ago, we realized this isn't sustainable. Firstly, we had a, Target the big guys To get through to the decision makers And the big companies is very difficult Yeah, that's months and months and months That turnaround Exactly, and you have to know people It's all about your network and who you know 
And traditional cold calling is becoming more and more difficult. Mm. Um, you know, and that's something I'm not very fond of, but you're forced to do it. Now, I would say sales, sales, sales. Number one of any entrepreneur, that's the biggest thing you must do. You know, uh, what this reminds me of uh, is Clive. Clive Butko, always, uh, he, a venture capitalist. And I know he, Clive, yeah. Oh, you know Clive? Yeah, we Very saw good. him at the Branson Center. Okay, lovely. Yeah. And and that's what he emphasizes. He just says, sales, guys, you, you cannot run a business without selling. And So thank you. Thank you for raising that point. We always ask our esteemed guests on the show to be successful in business. You see, I'm a big success girl, huh? Yes. Um, skills or connections? Connections. Or, or both. Okay. But okay. I would say first would be connections. Tell us why. If you don't have them and you don't know people and you don't have a network, you're not going to get the business or you're going to, you're going to struggle to get the business. Skills are great. Having a great product is one element, but it's probably 20% of it. You know, selling is the other 80%. So unless you're got people who want to buy your product or know how to get to those people, it doesn't really help you having a great product. You know what's so interesting about sales as well? Sales is not a one-way conversation. I think too many people think that that's what it is. It's not me sitting here telling you how much you need my product. Rather, it's me sitting here listening to you very carefully respond to what I say so that you can uh, build those nuances into your product because then you have a great product. But if, you, if you're just trying to throw something at someone, well, you're not going to get too far unless you're – Product is phenomenal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, feature selling. I mean, it doesn't. It does work in some instances. Sure. So I'm not going to lie. I mean, we have a great presentation, and because our product is quite new and different, and a lot of people don't understand it, I need to go through this presentation oh, and sure. explain. And there's an education element. Exactly. To it. Yeah. So that's different. Yes. But it took a lot of tweaking. There's definitely a story behind one. So you know, when we go into different verticals or different industries, there's a different story. Yeah. Of course. And of course. the story is what people relate to. Exactly. So All the time. You always got to do that. You know, not force. Like you say, you don't force things down people's throats. You listen to what they actually need, and you can pick up exactly you know what to sell them thereafter. So you're in uh, in a in a world where um, I don't know quite how to say this, um, but isn't it isn't it quite easy come easy go? Uh, is it not because digital skills? It's not you're not building massive products. Your balance sheet is not this huge thing. You don't need all these assets. Uh, just talk us through some of the risks of being in a digital world like you are. I think the risks are massive competition. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you look at the states, although we, we're quite niche here at the moment, um, there's a lot of competition in the states. And I think it's trying to compete with those guys. That mm. is my, you know, biggest challenge at the moment um, because I believe that we can. As South Africans, we have just as much skill sets as the people from the States do. Yep. You know, who's to say that we can't be your next, you know, Shuttleworth or whatever it is um, and make it into Silicon Valley. And I think that's that's our drivers. You know, you guys are doing, building great tech, but you've got access to massive finance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more difficult to get access to that here. Angel investors aren't really that angel mm. to be, to be honest about it. Yep. Um, so you have to fight, you know, you have to fight your way to get there. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that they're going to get an investor because I've got a great idea. And I think I fell into that pitfall as well. Investors only buy into, well, firstly, they buy into you. So I think that first and foremost, you need to sell yourself. But secondly, you need to have sales. So if you don't have a product that people are already buying, very few people are actually going to listen to you. Mm. So you need, that's why I impress the, the sales aspect. You need to prove to them that people want what you're selling. I like sure. It. I'm like 
completely zoned in. Books. Are you a book guy? Do you read? I'd love to say yes. Yeah. Um, sometimes. Yes. So, so that's a no. <laughs> I try to, but I have a two-year-old, so okay. I spend my life reading the the Bible app and yes. watching Baba Black Sheep with him. So. What other forms of kind of growing yourself, um, uh, educating yourself, workshops? What What do you do to empower yourself? That's the question I want to say. So, so my wife thinks I'm a bit weird, so I spend a lot of we time. We love weird. <laughs> I love weird. A lot of time in the evenings watching. Motivational videos on YouTube Um, I came across this thing The other night where in the last five minutes uh, Before you go to sleep You do the I am So I am healthy, I am successful I have a great business And you know you first you can fall asleep A lot easier because your mind isn't cluttered And they say that you know doing that over and over Builds it into your subconscious So when you wake up in the morning Those are the first words you're hearing inside your mind and over time, you're hearing that all the time. And I think you can actually manifest your reality by repeating things. So what do you say? What do you say? Oh, that, pretty much like that. You know, I have a successful business. We're competing head on with the guys in the States. You know, big clients are coming to us. We don't have to go and look for them. My health is amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm filled with joy. Mm-hmm. I give a lot. Mm-hmm. I care. I'm not arrogant. You know, all, all the things that I want to be and have in my life. But, you know, I don't want to be a person that just takes. You know, when, when we do hit the magic number, I want to know that I can give away a hell of a lot of it. Um, because it's really about, for me, it's about giving. You know, it's not just about taking. Mm. Who's your mentor? Sure, I'd definitely say Richard Branson, not just because I went there, but I think he's super successful but hasn't let it get to his head. Um, he's always trying new ideas, and even if he fails, he gets back up and tries them again. I think he is the epitome of an entrepreneur, that never-say-die attitude, but also that you know, even if you are successful, don't treat those around you who are possibly less successful any less than you would yourself because they, they're going to make it one day as well, and they're people. So I think having respect for others, being humble, you know, th- those are elements that I, I respect him for. Oh, I just remember again talking about Clive. Um, he sure. he said, well, "How does he measure a person?" So he'll he'll have a face to face interview. He does it three different environments. He then he wants to go and have lunch or coffee or something with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I may have failed, not because I'm rude or anything, but 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 what he says is he he wants to have coffee with you because he wants to see how you treat the waiting staff. He just wants to see if you say please or thank you. Um, I didn't say thank you. I don't think I did, but I was pleasant. <laughs> but but the point is, uh, to your point, that's what that's the Branson way, and that's been there's consistency there. So it's not now that he's got lots of money. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really who he's been throughout his life. I'm assuming you've read the books and and those kinds of things. I'm How assuming. do you motivate and stimulate your team? I think I treat them. Like equals, so they they need to be involved in decision making processes. We don't, you know, make decisions autonomously at the top. We we like people to get involved um, because a lot of times I think employees are overlooked, and I, that was something that I wanted to move away from in the corporate world. Is they don't really your value number. your opinion exactly. You're replaceable. You know, yeah, what what does your opinion count? And I think that's for me is so important. You know, what do you think about this? Do you think we're doing it the right way? Would you change something? So, you know, getting people involved, making them feel that this is also their business, not just ours. And because we're quite small, um, you know, I think that the people who are in now will be the, the MDs and running the different branches all over the world later. So, you know, you've got to make sure you've got great people. Um, I think 
that that is probably key is find the right people. We've gone through a lot of people, people who weren't the right fit, people who used us as a stepping stone because we had the the app development skill set. And you know, Eugene, who's head of development, will tell you that people come and they use you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really learning to understand who people are. What drives them and see if and you, if you can work together. Exactly. Mm. And like I said, I mean, we, we, I'm Christian, um, and I try and run the business on, on similar principles. And I mean, I think you can hear from, from what I've said. Those are the things. And I we don't got think that. You, we got exactly. it. Exactly. I don't think you necessarily have to be Christian. I think they're just great principles. Ethics. Yeah. ethics you yeah. know, and I think if we had more wow. ethics in business in this country, Correct. it would be a better economy. So yeah. We've run out of time. No, yeah, no, we've, we've no, unfortunately no, run out of time. Easy, no. <laughs> I can sit here and talk on for another hour. Can I ask? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorites. Look back 10 years ago. Speak to the 22-year-old, 21-year-old you. What would you say to yourself about your journey ahead and what's going to happen and advice? What would you say to yourself? Yeah, look, I think I was having too much fun when I was 22. Come on, we uh, all were. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I beg your pardon. <laughs> you know, I th- if I had to say something, I pretty much wouldn't change anything because it wouldn't have led me to where I am now. And you know, even bad decisions in your life lead you somewhere. And I believe that everyone has a path. So I would say carry on, maybe party a little bit less, um, listen to the wise, read more, mm. um, you know, pr- look at some self improvement. But yeah, not a whole lot. Gareth. I think that's good. Let's end, let's end on that note. Not a whole lot. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Embrace what you're busy doing at the moment. Don't try and be someone else. Uh, Fluby, thank you for being with us. Donald, thank you for being with us. We I'm really, really appreciate <laughs> the, the insight. Thanks for having me. And guys and girls, listeners, friends, future CEOs, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye. Cheers. Cliffcentral.com.